Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, so today I have two of my favourite podcast guests in here for the first time together because we want to talk about people-pleasing, something that we're all, do I say guilty of? Yep. Yep, or something that we all do. We're going to have a chat about that today and these two amazing women who are going to share their wisdom and advice of how we recognise whether people-pleasing is healthy, unhealthy, the impacts that it can have on our lives and what we can do about it, how we can change that. I have the fabulous Kaz Amos, psychotherapist and psychologist in the making. Hey. Hey, how are you doing? Good, my friend. I'm very excited and happy to have you in here again. So good to be here so good with to our be special here. guests no, together. This is the first time we've met in person. I know. It's fabulous. And, but you like when you see people online and then you see them in person, like, I know, oh totally. Say, she looks nothing like her profile. <laughs> that has happened to me. It happens to me often. I was like, you look different. And how, I, and how do you mean? And I just need to say, I don't know if you've recognized the voices yet, but that was the voice of the fabulous Rebecca Gibson, psychic medium to the stars and psychiatric nurse. Yeah, that's me. Hi. <laughs> How are you going? Good. I actually love this. I'm like, I've had both of you in here separately and with other people, but this is the first time you've been here together. I know. This could be the making or the break. <laughs> <laughs> Let the listeners decide. <laughs> but we're clearly having fun already, so yeah. it's good. Absolutely. And listeners hey soul sisters we're actually sitting here having a champagne while we record this episode because why not yeah why not why Why not not? in our masks absolutely i'm not drinking my champagne through my mask though (laughs) or a straw or a straw (laughs) (laughs) yeah people pleasing girls it might not sound that bad i mean what's wrong with being really really nice to people constantly but people pleasing goes beyond just simple kindness and i guess we would seek has through got you back sister people pleasing to the extreme yes. to the point where you know women are really harmed by it yes and i think yep. we would call it a different name maybe like fawning where it falls in the category of the things that you do when you've experienced trauma so fight flight freeze fawning doing everything to avoid any type of conflict and I guess that's it at its worst people pleasing might be the way it starts or what you learn when you're a child to keep the peace and it's not negative the the peace is kept which is great until you can't deal with the uh, feeling of discomfort or the tension between what you really want to say or do and what you don't so people pleasing I guess to the extreme is is keeping the peace but uh, yeah, avoiding conflict at all cost at the at the expense of their own personal needs and safety and safety. safety from others, but then safety from themselves. Because I see a lot of patients will come in with a lifetime of doing this, and then when it's still not working and they're still not getting validation for the things that they're doing for others and overstepping boundaries, then they turn on themselves and then they have self-harm suicidal ideation suicide attempts wow yeah so it can escalate and it is very unhealthy yeah so i know that especially in my younger years i have absolutely people please been a people pleaser 
it's something that I have been really conscious of as I get older. Do you girls find yourselves people pleasing? I realised it very early on when I first got married. I've always been a bit of a, like my daughter would call me a feisty fairy. Yeah. So I'm like the height of a fairy, but you know, I'm, I, I, well, we talked about it earlier. I do get my Karen on every now and again. So I find my feistiness there. But when I first got married, I think I had an impression of what marriage is supposed to look like from my parents, my husband's parents, and part of that was not necessarily fawning, but definitely going with the flow to keep the peace. Yeah. And I think that my husband was probably doing the same thing for either of us not to really rock the boat. But I remember a time, I think I watched an Oprah, and that's where I first heard the term people-pleasing. And I realised I had been doing that by when I'm answering the phone to the the six o'clock salesperson. Hi, have you got time? We're, oh, Mrs. Amos, we're ringing to sell you something. And and I just said no. And then I handed the phone to my two-year-old who just thought it was wonderful. And she's babbling away, oh, Mrs. Amos is not here. It's just mummy. And she just walked around the house with that person on the phone for ages. And that was actually my very first experience of saying, no, not for me. And I, even though I handed it on to someone else, it felt like it was the very first time I stood up and said, no, I don't need to, to do this to please you, a stranger. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Beck? Illness has taught me not to be a people pleaser because it's part of being a workaholic. So I was a workaholic. I would be the first one in the office, the last one to leave. I was commuting from Newcastle to Sydney and getting four hours sleep. My marriage was breaking down, but I didn't want to say no to my bosses and I didn't want to say no to my husband and then you don't want to say no to your friends. And and it's absolutely about avoiding conflict yeah. and avoiding how you really feel and avoiding setting boundaries. Yeah. And once you start doing the work on yourself and like, oh, I need to stop doing this, you realize actually how manipulative it is because it completely changes the dynamics between you and who you're with because there's no truth being spoken between either of you. And then you blow up, say, at your husband a couple of months later and he we like, what are you talking about? Yeah. This is the first time this has been brought up. Why didn't you say something before? Why have you been doing all of this? Why do you say yes to everything? I thought you wanted this. Yeah. Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast. You know, I would say when I reflect back on my life and, and also now, because I've been thinking a lot about this, knowing that we were going to record this episode. You know, I think back to my younger years, my, you know, school years, teenage years. Um, I very much people please because being a girl, like you, you want the other girls to like you. You want to be part of the gang. I don't know if everybody's like that, but I know I certainly felt that. I really felt that it was really important for me to have girlfriends and to be part of the gang, be part of the group, Mm. the tribe, whatever. And you know what? I would say that that has even kind of gone on in my older years, but it's something that I've become aware of. And I think, you know, that's been really key is actually going, do you know what? Questioning myself, why is it that I need those people to like me? Why, Why is that? And actually, I probably really don't. But, you know, that, I mean, that comes with age and experience and wounds and, and recovery and, recovery and healing, and, healing mm. and learning and actually experiencing really beautiful people in your life that actually have no expectation. They just want to hang or they're like, if you're here, you are. But 
it is interesting when I reflect back to my, especially teenage years, people pleasing with boys. Boy pleasing, getting in the back of the van and fooling around with boys. I remember doing that with a boy once. I didn't particularly like him, but I didn't know how to get out of it. But I didn't want him to go to school and say stuff about me or, you know. So I would end up doing like people pleasing just because I maybe wanted him to like me or, um, yeah, didn't want him to talk shit about me at school. You know what I mean? I go, it's really interesting. And at the time when you're young, you don't realize it. You just kind of, it's almost like a little bit of that teenage coping yeah. strategy. But that totally snowballs into other things. This is why yeah. it's so unhealthy because then consent lines are completely blurred because here we are thinking, I really didn't want to do that and I feel like he pressured me into doing it yeah. because you're not trusting your boundaries or your instincts <coughs> or being assertive. Yeah. And he's like, well... She didn't say no and she didn't stop me. So what's the problem? And we just see this as a cultural thing all the time with girls always being told, be good, be quiet, sit there, be still, don't run around, don't be rambunctious, don't get that dress dirty, don't do this, don't do that. And so we're groomed to be people pleasers right from the get-go. Yeah. And so, you know, what's interesting is the other way I've realized that I've been showing up and people pleasing has been through the charity and I had to make some changes within myself because you know got you back sister I founded that five and a half years ago now and I've been so grateful that so many different people have have become part of that community whether that's as a as a workshop facilitator has or a volunteer or a a donor or a client or um, a corporate or the Hawkeys, you know, everybody who's become a part of that, a part of Got Your Back Sister. And I felt so grateful that actually it was becoming, I'm going to be honest, it was becoming a bit unhealthy because I felt beholden to so many people. And I probably... Was, I'm not beholden to those people, but it's what I was telling myself that I had to bend over backwards and make sure that everybody felt that they knew that I appreciated them and was grateful to them. And, you know, when I'd be, get requested, go, can you come here? Can you do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? I'd be like, yes, 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 yes. And then I know there were two Decembers, I think it was December 2006, actually three, two, 2016, 17, 18, and maybe even 19, I'd get to December and actually feel like I was crawling through mud because I'd tried so hard to please everybody, make sure that I was doing whatever I could to keep everybody happy. So that has been a really interesting journey. And you know what? I've learned that actually I can't keep everybody happy. And I've had a small number of people that have actually been really nasty to me because I haven't personally met their expectations. And that's been that's been difficult. But then I go, I, I actually can't give any more than I can. I can't, I cannot give any more. Yeah, that's when you need to start working on yourself. Yeah. And it's like, I, I need to stop being available for everything because I don't want to let people down or I need validation or I'm not loving myself enough to know when to say no because it does have an impact on your physical and mental health. Yeah. And that's why it is unhealthy because you will get burnt out and it will affect your sleep and it will affect your appetite and it will affect your adrenal glands and your fight flight freeze fawn response and it will start to impact on the relationships that are closest to you and the people around you i know when i do it my husband will say you're starting to change and you need to stop this right now 
and start saying no to things. Otherwise, I'm going to like put my foot down and say it's not happening. And I've asked for him to do that because sometimes I catch myself in old patterns where I'm doing too much. And I don't want to end up with like with a broken foot or some <laughs> yeah, yeah which happened the, to you that yeah. totally <laughs> happened to me. I screamed at him like five minutes beforehand. I need a break, and my foot literally spontaneously broke five minutes later. As you wish, yeah. as, as you, you wish. wish. Famous last words. I need three million dollars. No, waiting for the penny to drop. In. <laughs> I was looking around the room. Is it going to happen? Is it What's dropping? That from as you wish. That's the from Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. That's yes. right. Great movie. Yeah, amazing. I was thinking as you were talking and. There's invisible communication, like that's the thing that we think that we never say out loud or that we assume other people are thinking. And expectation is a part of that. My expectation on myself and the expectation that I think you're holding for me, even though I didn't check. Yes. And so when you mentioned consent before, consent is a conversation and it's a checking in and it's not making assumptions and it's having, I suppose, the maturity to put something out in the open rather than to keep it inside and to check, oh, is this okay with you? If it's not okay, then it's not, it's not okay. You can't make it okay. Yeah. But we try because we, in some part of us, want to make sure that people's expectations are not let down when we don't come back to our own expectations of ourselves and check in first. Yeah. Is this actually okay with me? Can I do this? Should I be doing this? Is this going to you know, add to my life or take from it? And it's always negative stuff that comes back at you when you ask yourself, oh, I don't really want to be doing it, but they'll think I'm selfish or they'll think that I'm lazy or they'll think that I don't care or they'll think that I'm a nasty feral face. or <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. A nasty feral face. <laughs> I was going to say something else. I thought, no, it's not a nice word to say on a podcast. <laughs> so a feral face. Yeah. But they'll think something negative of me and because I don't love myself enough to – not think that about me then I'm just going to say yes because I don't want them to think it because I don't want to think it yeah of myself either yeah let's get soulful on social media search the sister code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram why do we people please I mean you you've touched on something there around going well we don't want people to think we're selfish that's that fear the fear of what others think I was thinking fear. Yeah. I think we do it for fear, fear of yeah. the unknown. Oh, well, we know like brain-wise, neuroscience-wise, the brain goes really well and familiar. And yeah. if I believe that I know what's going to happen next, I'm safe and I'm okay. So I can predict that. If I take a risk in speaking my truth maybe or being honest, saying no instead of yes, then I run the risk of facing the unknown because I can't plan it, predict it. And I think that's something that gets a little confused when people go, oh, I don't want to be a people pleaser anymore. They don't have the way yet to clearly express what they really want to say because in their mind it sounds like, no, yeah, <laughs> just not doing it anymore because that's the nth degree that they got to. Yeah. Like illness striking you and it's like, what the hell? But it needed to shock and stop yeah um but communication around telling my truth or speaking my honest self when it's done in a way that we learn to do it so it's peaceful it's not so scary yeah and it's pleasing me and if i'm okay then i can make it okay as best i can yeah Mm. fear of rejection 
Oh, yeah. yeah. That's such a big fear. I remember I remember that fear as a little girl in the playground, the fear of rejection, the fear of being left out, playing a game or whatever, and playing hide and seek and people run off, you know, all that stuff as a little kid. And you go, so you don't mean to, but you inadvertently become a people pleaser because you actually want to be, I, I don't want to be rejected. I want to be loved. I want to be loved. I want to feel like I've got friends who can help me to feel safe when I'm at school. A lot, Yeah, a lot of people-pleasing is trauma response to from childhood where they've yeah. had ongoing neglect, yeah. either emotional, physical, or there's been some kind of ongoing abuse. And so if I just continue to please this person over and over again, maybe then the abuse or the neglect or the emotional abuse will stop. Mm. And then... Like a lot of us, when we're in those kind of atmospheres, become overachievers and workaholics or some kind of other addiction comes into play because we need some kind of soothing that we can't get, but we still aren't able to know that it's our people-pleasing and our lack of boundaries and our inability to be assertive and say how we truly feel is what needs work. We just keep thinking that it's all the external stuff around us that's just causing the problem. That validation from mm. elsewhere. Yeah. Do you mean that whole pin-up board I used to have in front of my desk with all the thank you notes that everybody ever sent to me? Do you remember? <laughs> do you know that one? Yeah. It's like you're looking into my soul and knowing. Because I, that was a realisation. I was looking for external validation, so I just put it up in front of me. Every thank you note. Oh, you're wonderful. Oh, you're this, you're that. So I could see it every day at work. <laughs> In yeah. a job that yeah. wasn't fulfilling. Yeah, yeah, because you're unable to dig in and find it within Couldn't, yourself. I was not in a place to do that. So, yeah, it's funny that the evidence of it was in something as simple as that. Yeah. And I was the only one who was interpreting it that way. This is why I'm all for emotional intelligence being taught in schools. Yes. So they know boundaries, how to be assertive without being passive, aggressive or aggressive or being passive, which is very much a people-pleasing trait yeah. to be passive. And for kids to know, yeah, say no. And you can say no assertively and lovingly without causing fracture between the relationship of who you're saying no yeah. to. You don't have to offend anybody by saying no. But, you know, kids aren't taught communication skills like that. Yeah. Where the hell did we all lose our sense of worth or not feel worthy enough or love ourselves enough that we become so reliant on the opinion or the need for others to love us when did that happen childhood uh, for sure oh I, I even feel like historically for women that's always been the case yeah for for like generations and and hundreds and you know thousands of years as uh, considered as second-class citizens or servants or in the service of our male counterparts. Actually, you're right. I feel it's like so that true. has been a, and it's embedded in religion. It's Everything. embedded. Yeah. And look, just for your weight, for example, it's one yeah. of the biggest industries ever, the weight loss industry. Yeah. And it's constant messaging for our whole lives. Mm -hmm. You need this tab. Remember tab? This is my one calorie. Yeah. Like, oh, that was diet. Like, you don't no, eat. not sponsoring. Take these, <laughs> yeah. take these Ford pills. They've got, a stimulant in it that'll make you crazy but hey you'll be skinny like everything you have to please society around you by being skinny and i still find that fat phobia and 
that is still acceptable with people Mm. and you'll find a lot of people when I want to come out of their house my body's not pleasing to the people around me I can't go to the beach wearing that because my body doesn't please other people so I want to please everybody so I'm going to miss out on my fun just so I don't offend anybody else on this beach yeah Mm -hmm. and it's just how it's marketed to all, all the time yeah get your hair done get your face done get you this done get you that done it's like you're not pleasing the way you are you need to change yourself yeah and so that's conditioned into us right from the very beginning and so everything else is just a snowball yeah and there's generations of it exactly generations of of expectation of perfection on women and service on women and then the flip side of that is that our men are then always strong manly muscular because there's body stuff happening there too. Well, that's uh, they need people to use tools. Too, they yeah. need to be mechanically. They need to be all these other things. So yeah. there is another set of shame out there for men if yeah. they're not pleasing in another way. And I, and it's interesting. As I was leaving home to come here, I have two tradesmen at my house at the moment redoing the bathroom. And I said, so I'm going to record a podcast today. And he said, oh, what's the topic? And I said, well, we're talking about people pleasing. And he goes, yeah. That's me. I say yes to everything. And then the other guy looked at him. He goes, you do. I do too. Like, I never say no. And then the other one said, I think my wife is better at saying no to things than I am because wow. I just say yes to everything. And I said, well, thank you for this enlightening conversation. <laughs> it's Good. not just us. Yeah. Yeah. There is a, there is like this invisible expectation of maybe perfection or getting it right a lack of acceptability as we are, the not enoughness. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I remember as a little girl being told things like, what will the neighbours think? Yep. If you say or do that, go and give uncle so-and-so a kiss or that or auntie so-and-so a kiss and a hug and you may not want to, but you're told you have to Mm -hmm. because what will they think? And don't be rude. You'll hurt their feelings. Exactly. Like their feelings are your responsibility. Yeah. Or like me, I am too rude. I'm rude. I'm just a bitch. That's, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the rumor in my family. Oh. I'm a, I'm a true bitch because I, I there's been a lot that I just won't tolerate and haven't tolerated in in my family and that's what they all say. Oh God, she's such a bitch. I'm like, yeah, that's because I'm not going to be quiet about some of the things I find really important. So I married yeah. my first husband out of people pleasing. Really? Yeah, and yeah. I was actually down I was three weeks beforehand. I knew it wasn't gonna work and I said to my mum, I can't go through I can't go through with this. We were so young and she said, What will all my friends think? I've invited everybody because every it was who she wanted to invite. I yeah. had to have a couture dress and it had to be like I wanted to just get married barefoot on the beach. No, it had to be in a church. It had to have a big reception. So I did all of this to please her. Yeah. Didn't want any of it. And then three weeks beforehand, I like, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. And she said, well, what will everyone think? And then when I got to the aisle, I was hyperventilating. My dad's like, you're here now. We've paid for it. Get your butt down to the end of the aisle. And that was just a classic example of me constantly wanting to please my parents despite how I felt or what was then going to occur being in a marriage that I didn't want to be in. So interesting that we're told often from being little and if you even as a woman, Beck, that actually what we want to do doesn't count and that we're selfish for actually mm. wanting to do what it is we actually want to do. Yeah. 
And we arc up about it or we speak up and it still gets stamped on or squashed. No bloody wonder we become people pleasers. Oh, my God. Or we get really angry. Yeah. And we get really pissed off at people. Yeah. Because we're resentful of never being uh, heard. So, And that's, that's one of the impacts, isn't it? Resentment and actually bitterness. That's right. If, that, if, if, that's if, what happened to all the Karens. Maybe we all got bitter <laughs> and resentful. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, talking about impacts, I suppose again, that's something that we see at Got Your Back, sister. And Beck, you probably have seen through your career is we see women who become the ultimate people pleasers, and that they're trying to please an abuser, and it's never enough, and they end up, you know, living with the wounds and the trauma of the abuse they've experienced, even though they have done their best to try and please that person and it's never enough. That's a really important message to everyone that's listening. If it's not enough in the beginning, it's never going to be enough and you need to walk away. Yeah. Because you you need to start setting boundaries and being assertive with yourself first. I won't accept this behaviour anymore. It's not going to change. I'm not going to listen to this. It will never happen again. Or here's a bunch of flowers and here's this expensive bracelet and I'm so sorry. I just love you so much and, you know, all the tears and you've never seen them cry before and then it happens again and and you're not speaking up. You're not setting a boundary there. You're not saying this is not okay. And so you're actually teaching them that it's okay to treat you that way. It's okay to abuse you. It's okay to neglect you. It's okay to hit you because you're not saying anything. So that's why first hit first sign of abuse everybody should leave nobody should wait around i can change him this is another example of people pleasing he'll change for me he loves me enough that he'll change i'll just keep pleasing him and then one day he'll see how good i am for him he'll see that he's a better person because of me because they're not able to validate themselves in the beginning And that's why you end up in those relationships in the first place, because you don't have enough self-love and you don't have enough self-validation and you're unable to connect into self. So you need it from another person. That's never a healthy way to be. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to thesisterco.com. So what do we do? How do we actually take steps to to stop people pleasing? Books, podcasts, listen to this, having conversations with people that you know have gotten out of those relationships and if you're able to you can go to your gp you can get 12 sessions i think it is for free through medicare with psychology you can get counseling there are there are places like your charity got your back sister there are places that you can reach out or if you find that it's just something mild that you catch yourself doing and you're heading into burnout a lot then that's when you need to start going within using things like meditation or courses there are courses around i've done courses on assertiveness yeah and saying no there are lots of coaches out there that will talk about boundaries and assertiveness and stopping people pleasing and how to go about doing that but you have to actively seek out where you're going to help it's not just going to come knocking at your door yeah and i think being aware actually having some self-awareness i was just going to say i think the first thing is listening to your own self when you first heard that voice that said i'm not okay with walking down the aisle that it that probably wasn't the first time you heard it. It might have been the first time you acknowledged it, but you felt it before that. So our body's always giving us signs and signals that things are not okay inside and and maybe we just tell it to be quiet or or we notice the sick sick feeling in our stomach and that's that sick feeling is stress. 
because something is stressing me because it's not in line with where I want to be or who I want to be with. Listen to that. Pay attention to that and be curious about that. Where does it come from? How can I understand myself better? My people-pleasing Bible is Untamed, the Glennon Doyle book. I carry it with me everywhere I go. I read passages from it to people because people-pleasing is the most common problem that comes into my counselling practice. Mm. Somebody's there and says, oh, you know, I feel like now because I've done this, I've got to keep doing it. How do I undo it? And the undoing is in listening to self first and making a note of that. What yeah. does that feel like and sound like? And what are my triggers and signals that yeah. that highlight to me? This is not right. And you said boundaries so many times. It's absolutely where you start. Oh, yeah. Where am I okay and where am I not okay? Yeah. Very, a very simple way to tune into boundaries. I think you also have to tune in. Is my identity attached to this behaviour? Absolutely. Yeah, nice you know how point. the people who are yes. like, I help everybody. They'll push past and want to help you, even if you say, no, that's okay. They won't get the message. And they'll be phoning you all the time or sending you inappropriate text messages at goodness knows what hour or okay sometimes i facebook message you at one in the morning that, because yeah, i think but you know awake. that i'm think, yeah <laughs> you don't count shush so. my phone's on silent between that was mine but because yeah. i shift work and she's awake she's like are you awake and i'm like yeah i'm at work i usually get the 5 a.m one I'm <laughs> yeah but there are some people where their identity is attached to that yeah. i help everybody I'm the one that does everything for everybody, but no one's asking you to do that. Why are you doing that so much? I've had fallouts with friends over this because I've set boundaries and they just want to keep giving me little things, but it's never from a place of just wanting to be wonderful because then they'd respect the boundaries. It's I don't know who I am without doing this and I'm not getting validated and I need you to tell everybody how wonderful I am by constantly bringing you these things or doing these things for you because that's their identity and they don't know themselves yeah. outside of I please everyone. It's really interesting, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And you move from being trying to be nice without acknowledging that there is an invisible expectation. I need something back from that. Yeah, that's right. And I that's need thank you. I need validation. Yeah, if you, maybe if you hear yourself say, they didn't even say thank you to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a little yeah, it's, tinkerbell. It's toxic. Yes. I really think awareness is key. And I think it's only been the last couple of years, to be honest, where I've actually gotten to those points where I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm going to have a nervous breakdown because I'm trying so hard to keep everybody happy in their charity and actually getting to that point of going, like, you're breaking your foot back. Yeah. Of actually going, hang on, why? What? Like, why? Asking yourself the big, why am I doing that? Why am I feeling this way? And actually going, like, reversing it. And for me, it's been mindfulness. For me, it's been a bit, it's yeah. going on the mindfulness journey, going on retreats, yeah. you know, self-reflecting, meditating and stuff and actually trying to, you know, not not totally tear myself apart with self-analysis, but actually just questioning and going, okay, maybe I need to think about this in a different way. Would you also say that like when you go on uh, retreats and have those mindfulness or meditation, it's a moment in time where you become close to yourself? Absolutely. And it's less about anybody else on the planet? Yes, absolutely. And uh, for me, I think that that when I'm craving, because I I crave alone time when I know that I'm overdoing it, I crave this like, I just got to be by myself. I love you people, but I got to be by myself. And it's only recently occurred to me, I'm craving myself. I'm not craving everything here. 
and it's not aloneness. I just want time with me doing mm. things that I like so I can make better decisions in future about what I engage in and I don't engage in, what I say yes to and what I don't. So, it's, yeah, make it really different. Yeah. So before we finish up, I want to ask this question because I know some people that would go when I've questioned their behavior because I'm like, actually, I, I think you're people pleasing and it's a bit unhealthy. And they said to me, no, I'm just being kind. I'm just being kind to that person. I'm like, that person's abusive to you. Actually, you know, he's abusive to you. That's not being kind. That's actually avoiding conflict and whatever and people pleasing. And I know that's an extreme example, but I go, when is it kindness and when is it people pleasing? It's kindness when you're not expecting anything back. You're not expecting any kind of behavior, validation, words being spoken, stories being said about you when you're not in the room. If you're just doing it from the kindness of your heart, but you want nothing back in any form from that person then it's kindness yeah but if you're expecting something back from them even if it's just peace and quiet and to not get into conflict or a fight then it's people pleasing there's also a contract you know like if you give something you'll notice if you're if you have that expectation there's an invisible contract that you might have written in your mind oh i'll do this if that's the end of the sentence if it's i'll do this full stop you know it's kindness yeah and you know if you're a people pleaser if someone gives you something from the kindness of their heart and you automatically think i'm going to owe them for this and they'll be saying no 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 and you're like you know i don't believe you i don't trust what you're saying to me so now i feel like i need to give something to you or do something for you and then you'll actually go overboard in wanting to give back to them thinking is this going to be the end of it or are they going to do something else to me am i going to get stuck in this world one of to and fro and all the person's just like can you just like allow me to buy lunch or can you just like can you just let me yeah because it feels good to be kind so can you just give me this please yeah yeah accepting someone's kindness is a gift yeah. for both of you yeah, yeah. The giver but and if the you're receiver. a people pleaser you instantly like oh my goodness i'm gonna owe you back for this you start keeping score yes <laughs> yeah. you do yeah well ladies i've absolutely loved this what a it's great what a great conversation and i think it's something that so many people can relate to even Actually, tradies. Yeah. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with tradies. They're yeah. great. We need our tradies. But um, everybody, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Beck. how can people find out about you? Hoskin <laughs> just looking at me. Psychically read my mind. <laughs> what am I going to say next? <laughs> <She's> <laughs> like, Which one of these is psychic? <laughs> I'm just making sure that's what she wanted to know. You yeah. can find me on my website, www.rebeccagibson.com.au. Facebook, it's Rebecca Gibson, Psychic Medium, Spiritual Strategist. It's the same on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn, but I never use it. I don't either. No, you don't find me hanging out. That's I too get serious. It's too much business. I feel like I need to wear a suit just it's to It's too salesy. So mm. totally. And what about you, Kaz? Well, everything for me is kazamos.com.au, which is all of the names now that my counselling practice is, is gone. Aww. But psychologists in the making will do. It's Absolutely, exciting. my it friend. It is exciting. I love it. And I'm going to close off with a quote from Glennon Doyle. Author of Untamed, I love this, who is a people pleaser to free thinker, as she calls herself. Mm. She says, when a woman finally learns that pleasing the world is impossible, she becomes free to learn how to please herself. 
I just want to give her an amen. Amen, amen Glennon. Thank you so much, Soul Sisters. Thanks and for having us, Thank you so much. And I really hope that all you Soul Sisters out there who are listening have totally enjoyed this episode because I've loved it. Yay. 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 Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com.